Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. So welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy from traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the, um, the author. See, I'm already skipping on my words. I'm the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. I love traditional cooking, so we spend a lot of time, obviously, at traditional cooking school covering traditional cooking methods. They make our foods not only um, more nutritious and digestible, but they're very delicious, and they help us return to this old-fashioned way of living and doing and making things where our hands are very involved and it's sort of like a living prayer. I find myself thinking a lot, speaking to God a lot, having fellowship with my family a lot. It really helps us slow down. So if your life is busy, 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 you may feel like you don't have time to cook from scratch or even much less revisit old things like fermenting or sourdough. But you know what? It's so rewarding and it might be for you like it was for me, a way for the Lord to tell you to slow down and to just spend more time in thoughtful practice. Um, He just reveals wonderful things to you when you slow down. I'm so happy to see more than 52 people here today. You're really blessing me. Thank you for the hearts that are flowing. So today we have a great topic, six simple steps to getting started with traditional foods. Before we get into that, though, I want to make sure uh, just to cover some ground, some housekeeping notes. I'm going to open up my notes here. All right, so I just welcome you all for being here. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you're not here with me live and you're watching this on the replay, I'm so grateful you're here as well. You can, of course, find this episode and all the archives for Ask Wardy. This is episode 13, so there's 12 others in the archives at askwardy.tv. So if you like what you're seeing, um, check out the archives. Final housekeeping note is I do take your questions on this show. That's why it's called Ask Wardy. So if you'd like to submit a question for a future episode, you can use that hashtag right there, hashtag Ask Wardy, and tweet it to me at TradCookSchool, or you can email me, Wardy, W-A-R-D-E-E, at AskWardy.tv, and then your question will go in the queue. And today's question is from Brenda, and it's about traditional cooking. I'm going to read it to you in a little bit. I do want to make sure you know about a free gift I have for you if you haven't already claimed it. Since we're talking about traditional cooking today and getting started, one of the best ways that you can get started is through my free video series, tradcookschool.com slash free vids. If you haven't yet signed up for those five free videos where I share my favorite fundamental techniques in traditional cooking, a lot of which we're going to be talking today, do that. It's completely free, no obligation whatsoever. It'll give you a taste of what traditional cooking school premium is like in case you want to take it further, but you certainly don't have to. There's a lot of great information in these free videos, tradcookschool.com slash free vids. As I was thinking about Brenda's question today, the sound of music uh, came to mind and you probably got my email this morning where I began with that, where I said, let's start at the very beginning a very good place to start. Well, Brenda's question, I'll read it to you and then we'll dive right in. She says, I have received your ebook on sourdough 
and I've listened to a podcast and been receiving your email for several months. I haven't actually started the traditional foods diet yet, but I really want to start it in 2016. For the past couple of years, I've been using my own kefir in baking and sometimes drinking. My husband isn't a huge fan of drinking it, but I want to do more. It still all seems a little overwhelming. Can you tell me what's the best way to start? I would love to break it down to very simple, like, okay, for step one, do this, step two, do this, etc. Can you help me, please? I love your website, blog, podcast, etc. And thank you so much for sharing everything, especially the resources with us. Brenda. All right. Well, Brenda, I was mulling over your question. And as I said, um, and you know what, Brenda, you're not alone because Sarah in the comments is saying right now I'm in the same boat. Well, Sarah, this is for you as well. I hope you find it really, really helpful. So like I said, the song from Sound of Music came to mind. Let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. So it sounds like Brenda and Sarah and maybe others, Delane is saying ditto, um, are at the very beginning. And even Amanda is saying she needs some good basics. So for those of you that are starting out at the very beginning and saying 2016, you want to stop reading about this, you want to do it. I hope these six simple steps will make a huge difference for you. And Lisa is saying me too. Lynette is saying me too. So it's just going to keep coming. Uh, so this is for you, for all of you. So as I was thinking about Brenda's question, I was thinking back to when we started with traditional foods. The journey is not the same for everyone because, of course, we have different issues, allergies, etc., family preferences, what foods are available to us. Um, but I still think there's a lot of common threads. And so I thought back, how would I tell somebody start with this and then this and then this? And six simple steps came to mind. Now, a caveat is simple, simple schmimple. I mean... What is simple, really? I'm going to break it down simply, but it's really as simple as you make it, and I want to encourage you not to, to, to not be overwhelmed by it because you could take it very complex, but I'm just trying to break it down into six simple steps that you implement however you're able to implement. And of course, you know that Traditional Cooking School is here to help you with all the how-to. Today, we're going to be talking about the ideas and what you should do. If you need help with how-to, of course... Um, I just highly recommend the resources at Traditional Cooking School. So the advice I'm going to give today is generally for traditional foods. I think, Brenda, you're talking general traditional foods. This isn't gut healing or gaps, although the principles will apply there for the most part. They would just may vary slightly or significantly, depending on how you implement that. Anyway, we're talking about a general traditional foods diet. How do you get started? What do you do first? So I have six steps. So step number one clean up your ingredients. So presumably you're already doing some from scratch cooking, right? Well, in traditional cooking, we not only talk about traditional preparation, I'm about to get to that, but we really focus on the quality of ingredients. Quality matters. So here are some examples of how you can kickstart all your from scratch cooking by switching to the best quality ingredients. You're basically going to the best from conventional. You're, you're, you're not going to buy what everybody else buys. You're going to buy the best. Uh, pastured and wild meats instead of meats that are from feedlots or from confinement operations or factory farms. Those are kind of interchangeable terms for you know, how conventional meats are raised. You'd want organic pastured eggs instead of conventional eggs. You'd want raw or low-temp pasteurized 
low temp pasture, raw or low temp pasteurized grass fed dairy instead of regular grocery store milk. Uh, you want to use traditional fats like butter and tallow and coconut oil and extra virgin olive oil and even some expeller or cold pressed veggie oils rather than um, trans fats, margarine, uh, veggie oils that are extracted with high heat or lots of chemicals. You don't want oils that come from genetically modified crops like corn and soy. You want to choose the traditional fats that are clean from pastured animals, cold pressed, expeller pressed. Um, your sweeteners. Instead of white sugar, you'd want to turn to maple syrup and raw honey. Uh, instead of table salt that has fluoride and chlorine, sorry, fluoride, I was thinking water. Um, instead of table salt that has been chemically processed, your body regards it as poison, it has fluoride a lot of the time, you want to use real salt. I love Redmond real salt, but in general, there's Celtic, there's Himalayan, there's Redmond, there's little like boutique type salts. If it has color, grays and pinks and browns, it's a real unrefined salt. Your body recognizes it as a true food. It has minerals that your body really, really needs. The other salt is poison and your body recognizes it as poison. It makes you sick. Um, water. Is your water from the tap? Is your municipal water have fluoride, chlorine? Clean that up. If you can't, if you don't have a well with clean water, there are economical ways to filter. You may have to budget and save for a bit to get it, but look at the Berkey or look at, and we do have an article on traditional cooking school. If you go to traditionalcookingschool.com and you search for water filtration, we have a whole article on, on your options there. But water, you use in everything. Water, you, you, would, you could go without food for weeks, but you cannot go without water. That's the importance of water. So clean up your water if your water is not already cleaned up. So basically, the step number one, it can entail a lot, but you can boil it down to one thing. Clean up your ingredients. Do it over time if you need to. Do it cold turkey. Uh, you can make a huge dent in your ingredients with one week at the grocery store or one week calling around local farms and seeing, you know, what, what do we get now and how can I find better? Money is always an, is always an issue. Uh, real food and the better choices often cost more. So... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into that now, but I don't want to leave you hanging with that issue because you might be wondering, well, how do I afford all this? Well, it does take time. There are things you can do to make um, real food, uh, to make, to keep your real food budget reined in. <laughs> and so recently, I had a podcast. It was knowyourfoodpodcast.com/slash one four one eight tips to help you rein in your real food budget. I'm getting a tip in the comments to start with one thing to change a week or every other week, and you'll be making progress. I didn't read the end of it, but if I can just uh, extrapolate what you were trying to say, is that make one change every week or every other week, you're going to make progress. Eventually, you're going to get there. So that was number one. Just switch out all your ingredients. Tip number two, replace processed foods that you currently eat with homemade healthy equivalents. This may take you a bit more time. You have to scour the internet for recipes, uh, but you already have the whole ingredients now, so you're going to be making um, you're going to be making those processed foods at home from scratch, so they turn out healthier. This again is something you do over time. Don't expect to do it all in one week, but just think, you know, what's the number one processed food I buy now? And if it's ranch dressing, that's your first internet search: healthy ranch dressing. Um, and actually, we have one in our Fundamentals 2 e-course. 
at traditionalcookingschool.com. So if you're in a member, a member, look at the um, healthy salad dressings. There's a ranch dressing in there. Um, so examples are your salad dressings, your mayonnaise, your cream of soups, your breads, your crackers, your mac and cheese, your casserole dishes you make, your hot chocolate. There are so many um, processed foods you might be buying now that you can make from scratch at home. Many benefits to that too. Not only will it be healthier because the ingredients are better, but number two, it's probably going to be cheaper to make it from scratch. You, you know, those, those bags of chips with all the air inside, they are so much more per pound than if you made homemade tortillas and fried them or sprayed them with oil and baked them. Michelle, welcome. Michelle is saying it's her first time live. And someone else is saying they attempted vel homemade Velveeta cheese this week. It was so easy. I'd love to hear about that. Lynette, coffee creamer. Exact, exactly. So another side benefit of this I mentioned, it's going to be cheaper, it's going to be healthier, but you're going to automatically just across the board reduce your sugar consumption. Sugar is in so many processed foods. So if you're making them from scratch yourself at home, you know everything that goes in there, and so often sugar is not even in these recipes. Or if it is, you're going to be subbing out a more um, natural sweetener. Uh, so resources for you here, check out tradcookschool.com recipes. That is our recipe archive. Also, if you're a member of traditionalcookingschool.com, you have access to hundreds of videos and tutorials and exclusive recipes. Um, a good tip here, put money from what you would spend on processed foods to your whole, to your, um, whole food purchases. Great tip. So number one was switch out all your ingredients to healthy. Number two is stop buying the processed and make them at home instead. Again, these will take time, but they are pretty clear steps. Work on it and work on it. Number three, start using traditional food preparation methods for your grains. So one of the hallmarks of traditional cooking is that we do this thing called soaking, sprouting, or fermenting slash sourdough with our grains. The reason is grains are seeds. We also do this with nuts and beans, but seeds have anti-nutrients. The anti-nutrients can interfere with your um, nutrient absorption. They can interfere with your digestion. So we soak, sprout, or ferment. It doesn't take any more time. It often reduces your cooking time. It often adds a layer of relaxation to your cooking because you're starting things so far ahead that you're not you know, cramming up to the deadline of needing to serve dinner or whatnot, trying to fit it all in. Uh, it improves the texture and flavor of foods. And of course, as I said, it boosts the nutrition. So soaking, sprouting, or fermenting your grains. Um, you, you just get so many benefits uh, from that. Uh, I'm not going to go into the methods. I've talked about them in previous podcasts, and the, reason, the whole reason that I'm mentioning my free gift to you, the free video series, tradcookschool.com slash freebids, is because we cover soaking and sprouting here. Um, if you're interested in sourdough, you'd want to go to tradcookschool.com slash starter, or free starter slash free starter, and there you would have instructions for starting with sourdough. So please dive into those resources. And again, this can be a um, gradual process where you say, okay, um, bread, I'm gonna start with bread. And so you look into doing sourdough bread or you look into soaked bread, but you're just gonna choose like the bread items, the grain items that you eat the most, and you're gonna trans transition over to using traditional methods. Again, Traditional Cooking School, our premium membership is a huge resource there because we have classes that walk you through 
oh, just so many recipes. <laughs> you can literally make over your entire kitchen using traditional methods with all the recipes we have there. You can, of course, look at traditionalcookingschool.com slash recipes. That's our free blog archive. There's a lot of recipes there as well. So that was tip number three to start using traditional methods for grain preparation. tradcookschool.com slash free vids, tradcookschool.com slash free starter, and tradcookschool.com slash recipes are all your resources for that. All right, tip number four. And um, Bridget, Bridget's saying the web, our website has tons of resources and how-tos. It's so true. Tip number four is to start fermenting. Uh, so fermented foods, ooh, does that sound scary? I hope it doesn't. Fermented foods feed and heal our gut, and our gut is the source of all our health. It's the, if, you, if your immune system is not healthy, your gut's probably not healthy. If you're not healthy, your gut's probably not healthy. If you can improve the health of your gut, so many things get better. So fermented foods, really that's the prime benefit of, um, prime benefit of fermented foods is good for your gut. Uh, Michelle's asking for this for a screenshot, so hopefully you'll get that. Great, looks like you got it. So that's why I encourage you, step number four, is to um, start fermenting foods. And of course, don't just start fermenting them, but eat them as well on a daily basis. Have fermented foods on a daily basis. Now, as a side note, the Heal Your Gut online conference that I've been talking about for a few weeks is going on right now. So if you're watching me live or you're watching the replay within you know, a couple days, it's going on right now. Um, tomorrow, well, if you're watching me live, which is Wednesday today, tomorrow is my talk. And I had debilitating seasonal allergies my entire life. And we did a gut healing diet. And within a few weeks, they were healed. And I've been allergy free for three years now. And I just can't even tell you enough how bad my allergies were. So the significance of gut healing is, it just can't even be described. It's so significant, the health of your gut. And Sarah's saying she's loving the summit so far. So if you haven't yet signed up, or you, if you've signed up and you haven't been over there, check your emails to get the links. The link to sign up is tradcookschool.com gut. Please get signed up even though there's been two days already, we're on the third day, there's a couple more days left, there's so much information to be had, they're gonna have an encore day, and I definitely want you to hear my talk on Thursday. So tradcookschool.com gut. We're getting another comment, I'm loving it too. Okay, so back to get started with fermenting. Fermented foods contain increased vitamins and enzymes, minerals, probiotics, and beneficial acids. So your gut and your overall nutrition need these. That's the whole point of fermented foods. You should eat some every day, preferably with every meal. Some easy recipes to get you started, sauerkraut, apple chutney, uh, both of which are at traditionalcookingschool.com, ginger carrots. There's a recipe inside Nourishing Traditions. There's also a recipe in our Fundamentals e-course, uh, yogurt, kefir, kombucha, you already, Brenda, this is your question. You're already doing kefir, but maybe do some others. Do a, a, um, a veggie or a fruit or another beverage like kombucha. You said your husband doesn't really like drinking the kefir. Maybe he, he'll like the kombucha. So get started with fermenting. Um, I do have a free cheat sheet. It has formulas for creating all kinds of ferments. Uh, the link for that is tradcookschool.com slash ferment cheat. So if you haven't yet grabbed that from me, please do. Uh, tradcookschool.com slash ferment cheat. It's a 
quick document. It gives you formulas for all your different kinds of ferments, salsas and relishes and krauts and beverages. So just grab that if you haven't. It's, it's great if I do say so myself. Tip number five, we're getting there. Tip number five is to incorporate other healing and nutrient-dense foods into your diet. So examples would be like broth or organ meats. And you may do research and come up with others like maca or you know some other superfoods, but start with broth. And that goes well, do some organ meats. The point here is, well, broth is soothing to di the digestive tract. It contains gelatin that our body really need for overall health and nutrition. Um, broth is called a protein sparer, so it helps you assimilate more protein from the protein you already eat. So you can actually eat you know, less protein, spend less money on the quality meats, and if you eat them with broth, you will get more nutrition out of them. So it makes your protein go farther. So um, again, that's a cost benefit, but it's also a nutrition benefit. You're just making more, making more use of what you have. It, did I already say, oh yeah, soothing to the digestive tract. And then, you know, something you can't even measure. Broth is delicious. Can you even think of soup without broth? I mean, wouldn't it be so bland and, and just like, I mean, water's good, but who wants to drink water for soup? <laughs> when you want soup, you want rich, delicious flavor. And that's what broth does. And I'm talking about broth from simmering the bones of pastured or wild meats. I'm not talking about veggie stock. I'm talking about meat stock. It's a super food you should be having every day. And winter is a great time to get into this habit because we love having soups in the winter. I mean, I love having them year round, but it's so easy for the whole family to enjoy soups um, in the winter. Uh, getting a comment, just tested and my rehydrated broth lost its jiggle. Huh, well, you could add more gelatin to it or just not worry about it. <clears throat> Um, organ meats, <clears throat> they supply fat-soluble vitamins like A and D, which are often deficient in. I mean, tooth decay and seasonal affective disorder and all kinds of things can be linked to deficiencies in fat-soluble vitamins. So organ, organ meats are just fantastic for your health. Those fat-soluble vitamins we need, and organ meats are one of the highest sources of that. Oxtail broth, delicious. So consider the superfoods and the additional healing and nutrient-dense foods. And after you've done the other steps, you can look at incorporating these into your diet. Number six, reduce your overall sugar consumption. Now we've hit on sugar <clears throat> a little bit already, okay? I had you in step number one, switch to natural sweeteners. I, in step number two, to make homemade foods to replace the processed foods. And right off the bat, you're gonna cut your sugar consumption. However, sugar in general, even you know, a lot of people on a traditional food diet can still eat too much sugar overall. And it shows, doesn't it? It shows in the obesity epidemic. It shows in our poor nutrition and our poor gut health. It shows in our mood swings, our cravings, our fatigue, our depression, and so much more. So even traditional foodies can eat too much sugar. So it just needs to be reduced. Uh, and switching to natural sweeteners, as I said, helps. But if you have health issues poor gut health, diabetes, other things, it's just not enough and you want to limit or restrict even the natural sweeteners. You need to cut back overall. So once again, if you need to lose weight or you have other health conditions, you want to cut back the sugar dramatically even more. Um, and you have to decide that, Brenda, for yourself and everybody else who's listening here. 
And if you need to work on gut health, as you're finding out from the online conference, the summit, and many things we talk about, um, even grains and starchy foods should be reduced uh, to promote gut healing. So those were the six tips. I'll do a quick review. One, clean up your ingredients. Two, replace your processed foods with homemade healthy equivalents. Three, start using traditional methods for grain preparation. Four, start fermenting and consuming those ferments. Five, incorporate other healing and nutrient-dense foods into your daily diet like broth and organ meats. And six, reduce your overall sugar consumption. So now you might be saying, now what? Well, because we've gone all over it, so I just want to make sure you all know that going over it is one thing, but doing it is another. And if that is your stumbling block doing it, please consider being a member of Traditional Cooking School. Um, because we provide support and accountability through our Facebook group. We also have hundreds of videos and step-by-step -step tutorials that you can download in print version. And we're just really there to help you get this done. Um, and the info on that is tradcookschool.com slash get started. You can, of course, get a very good introduction to traditional cooking school just through our free videos, tradcookschool.com slash free vids. But if you're just ready to jump right in and skip the introduction and just go for it, then your link is tradcookschool.com slash get started. So I have some time to take questions and I just love it that there's still 84 people live with me and you guys have been sharing it and the hearts are still flowing. Thank you so much for the blessings. So Brenda's question was good and I know so many of you um, were saying me too, me too. And thank you, Lisa, saying she's excited to be a new member, and someone else is saying traditional cooking school is worth every penny. Well, that blesses me. I mean, I do pour my heart and soul into it. So do the other teachers. We really want to change your lives. Uh, Lynette says she, when she retired, she joined, and she's loving the cooking from scratch. Fantastic. I love hearing that, Lynette. So do you guys have any questions about what we discussed today, the six points on getting started with traditional cooking? Vicki says your cooking courses are a great resource. Thank you. So Amanda's question, best thing to ferment for a family that doesn't like sour things? That's a really good question. So I would go with uh, ginger carrots or the apple chutney or any of the beverages. You could also do kefir or yogurt and then you know, add, add things to it like homemade jam um, or if you're not doing sugar, stevia, you can do vanilla. Or if you are doing some sweeteners, you can do honey. But those are great ferments. They're not only easy, but they are... Um, just universally loved by people who don't prefer sour. Yes, in the comments, your apple chutney is great. Yeah, I, I just think that's probably your best bet to start with the apple chutney. So go to traditionalcookingschool.com and look for the five spice apple chutney. Oh, thank you so much. I'm getting a comment that you want to be like me when you grow up. Well, I'm not grown up yet. <laughs> What's the easiest beverage to start fermenting, says Amanda. I would say um, kombucha is so, so easy and delicious. And you can do second ferments and add flavors like the most recent batch we did that my son did with a ginger. I haven't tasted it yet. Uh, it just went in the fridge last night in the bottles. Uh, prior to that, we do cherry and blueberry. They're all just so fantastic. Um, and it also can be very easy if you look into a continuous brew system. I do have a review on traditionalcookingschool.com. You can search for probably continuous brew kombucha would pull it up and you can see the one that I recommend. Nancy says, do you use chicken feet and broth? Yes, when I have them. I most often have bones from chicken or beef or goat. Um, 
Amanda, do you have a dummy's guide for kombucha on your site? There is a kombucha recipe in my book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. And if you go to tradcokeschool.com and you search for kombucha, we have just a very simple kombucha recipe. So you'll find, um, find it in both places. And then in traditionalcookingschool.com is where you'll find the full video tutorial and the second ferment information. And I pride myself on things being simple, even if they go more in depth. I think everything you'll find, because I don't do things if they're not simple. <laughs> I just don't. If it's complex, I stay really far away. <laughs> and I think that's it. So thank you all for coming. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me. And I really hope these six steps help you get started with traditional foods in 2016. And I'm here to help you do so. Uh, God bless you. Talk to you later. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy. Or send an email to Wardy at AskWardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to AskWardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at TradCookSchool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash TradCookSchool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you. And I'll see you next week.